Welcome to Truly Creepy with Brittany and Sarah. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good. It's very Monday Monday. Yes, it is. I have seen some shit today. (laughs) Same, but different. Uh, which is why I'm drinking a hot chocolate right now because I'm not I'm really trying to not have coffee and caffeine. But I tried to experiment and I roasted my marshmallows that are on top of my hot chocolate. Ooh. I'm getting fancy with it. I thought my homemade hummus last night was fancy. That's very fancy and turned out a lot better than when we tried to make it. <laughs> it was real good. <laughs> I mean, we tried to make the garlic one, and I don't know if it was just like we didn't use the right tahini or what we did, but it was just we were like, yeah, no, never again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So I have to be honest, and I did these notes like a while ago. So we are going to relearn this together. (laughs) (laughs) I remember most of it, but my reactions are going to be just like yours. So let's let's dive on in. This is called 50 Berkeley Square and it is it's in London. The square itself is built in the mid 18th century and the house that I'm specifically going to be talking about was said to have been built in 1740. And it was built by architect William Kent. It is located in the west end of London. And the buildings and structures can be seen all around the square. It's actually really, really pretty. The square itself has been home to many famous people over the years. Including Sir Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, and Robert Clive. But 50 Berkeley is known for something more sinister. We don't know the very tenets of the home, but we do know that it was the home of George Canning in the early 1800s, and then he died in 1827. And from there, it was leased to Miss Curzon, who would live there to her death at age 90 in 1859. House number 50 within Berkeley Square was an additional claim to fame, the nameless thing. Many deaths have occurred within the walls of the four-story brick house. Many include persons who are said to have died there by sheer terror that is taking over the home. And the home is known to feel like electric horror. So I'm going to do a shout out to Astonishing Legends podcast. They had a lot. Yes. (laughs) They had a lot of good information on this. So thank you for them for helping me with my research on this. So the attic of this house is said to be haunted by a spirit of a young woman who committed suicide there. She threw herself from the top floor windows after abuse from her uncle Her spirit is said to be capable of frightening people to death by taking a form of a brown mist. Although we don't know the actual name of this woman or if she even existed, there are two reported deaths that are said to be occurred after people stayed overnight in the room. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, one of the earliest accounts of the haunted home took place in 1840 when Robert Warboys, a 20-year-old student, stayed the night there as a bet. 
The house had already acquired a bit of a neighborhood reputation, but nothing beyond gossip had ever happened. No one really took it seriously until this day in 1840. War boys thought it was just town gossip and eagerly agreed to spend the night alone in the second floor bedroom. He persuaded the landlord to let him stay the night, and the landlord was hesitant, but he was just like, okay, fine, you can stay here, but you've got two conditions. He needed to be armed, preferably with a pistol, and at the sight of anything unusual, the landlord should be summoned immediately through a cord that hung in the room and linked to a bell in the landlord's room. Oh. So, obviously some weird shit's going on there if, like, those are his conditions. Like, look, when it starts to get real creepy up in here, you need to come get me. (laughs) So, he was up there. He agreed to do that. Shortly after midnight, though, War Boys was finally alone in the room and getting so much needed sleep. Less than an hour passed when the landlord heard frantic ringing. He sprinted upstairs and unlocked the door. At first glance, nothing in the room seemed out of place until the landlord landed on War Boys' eyes. The fearless, strong man of a few hours ago was now cowering in the corner and wearing an expression of pure terror. A pistol recently shot was still smoking. The young man had evidently died from traumatic shock for his eyes were bulged and his lips were curled from his clenched teeth. The landlord followed the line of sight, the dead man's horrid gaze, and traced it to a bullet hole in the opposite wall. He quickly realized that war boys had fired at the thing, quote-unquote, to no avail. So it's very, like, what's the word? Like, uh, not the grudge, the ring, when they just, like, find them in, like, pure terror. that's, That's kind of what's going on here. In 1879, a new family was due to move in, and their maid was cleaning and preparing the rooms for them to move in. She was actually preparing the guest room in the attic at the time, and soon after she went upstairs, desperate screams were heard. When the family ran up to see what was wrong, they saw her on the floor, backed into the corner, and whispering, don't let it touch me. Which, like, no thank you. I'd be like, peace, you're on your own. I don't want it to touch me. I just remembered I need to be somewhere else right now. (laughs) Right this second. (laughs) We don't know what the maid saw exactly because after the incident, she was taken to the hospital where she died the next day. Seemingly not put off by the incident, the man the room was being prepared for, Captain Kentfield, said he still planned to spend the night in the room. Like, a woman just freaked out and then died in the hospital because of that room. And he's just like, nah, I'm good. I'll I'll still stay there. I'm cool. No, not me. Not me. (coughs) Even my throat's like, nope, not me. So in the evening, he headed upstairs with the candle and household reports. They heard him close the door. Roughly 30 minutes later, terrible screams from the room followed by a gunshot. The household rushed upstairs, but help didn't arrive in time for this poor man. And they found him dead on the floor, his face twisted in fear, just like the first person, the war boys. It is believed that the thing, quote unquote, shot by war boys is what was seen by the maid and Kentfield. It is known today as the nameless thing of Berkeley Square. According to Cryptopia, thank you, Cryptopia, this unidentifiable monstrosity is said by some to be a vile, Plat okay, excuse me trying to pronounce this. Plantasmag Major- majorical 
killer from beyond the grave. Though there is some evidence that suggests that it might be bizarre mutant octopus, which lurks in the filthy labyrinth of the London sewer system, waiting to rise up and kill again. Which, weirdly enough, kind of seems to be the theme here. That okay. it's like some weird mutant, mutant like octopus that just roams around in the sewer system of London. Interesting. So this one, I don't know exactly when the time frame was because I saw 1943 in a lot of places, but then I also saw 1877. So I'm not sure which one is right. And I also saw that it was on Christmas Eve. But anyways, two sailors from um, Portsmouth, Edward Blunden and Robert Martin, needed a place to stay the night after drinking. So they broke into 50 Berkeley and attempted to stay the night. They found the basement to be too uncomfortable, damp, and full of rats. So they traveled upstairs to find a better spot, heading to the second floor. And some people said second floor. Some again said the attic. Blendon admitted to feeling the presence of something. Martins just shrugged it off and proceeded to open a window to let in some fresh air. Both men were soon asleep, but Blendon awoke about an hour later, around midnight. A creaking noise made by the door drew his attention. After adjusting his vision, Blendon noticed the door to the room was wide open and something was crawling on the floor. Whatever this thing was... Yeah, nope. Right then and there, I am out. Whatever it was, it was gray and blocking their only viable escape route, which... Of course it was. Of course it was. Of, of course it was. Martin had also woken by this time. Blunden took his eyes off the thing when he noticed that there was a rifle near the, near the window. He made the fatal mistake of trying to go get it. As quick as a flash, the thing attacked Blunden. Although I have seen that they were in the attic and it started a fire, Martin was awoken up by Blunden and not awoken by himself like there's kind of conflicting like he he woke up because he heard him but then he woke up on his own and there there was a fight like it, either way they woke up okay uh martin dipped just completely As out I would. <laughs> and left his drunken friend to fend for himself against whatever it was again which, as i would i mean same According to Blunden, the creature wrapped itself around the young sailor's throat, attacking him while Martin ran for help. The officer followed him back to the house. However, when they got upstairs, they found no sign of Blunden. He was just gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They searched the house, and they finally made their way to the basement and saw something they were not prepared for. Blunden's dismembered corpse lay in the rock-walled cellar in a heap with his head turned to its side. The young man's eyes... Like, so many before him were filled with terror. Ugh. No. So, and obviously, you know, he couldn't do that to himself because he was dismembered. So, from the time that his friend ran and got a police officer and came back, who or what can dismember someone and leave without getting caught? Ugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's um, disconcerting. Just a little bit. And the fact that his face was still frozen in fear, too, is kind of weird. Just like all the yeah, rest of them. That freaks me out. Yes. While the home sat vacant, witnesses have reported sounds of furniture being pushed around, seeing windows being raised and lowered by themselves, hearing the ringing of bells, and seeing random items being thrown through the windows and throwing books and stones 
again, widely seen in paranormal encounters in the UK. Not quite sure why, but the ghosts and poltergeists over there really like throwing rocks. I mean, sounds fun. It seems like that's probably one of the easiest things to do. I mean, I don't know how much energy it would take to throw anything. I'm sure it would take a lot. So something as small as a rock seems more feasible than like a whole ass couch, you know? (laughs) True, true. So there have been some mediums and psychics that have come through the house and have said that whatever's in the house there is very dark. Um, they also you don't say <laughs> yeah <laughs> they also say that this is because of an elderly woman who practiced dark arts in the house and it opened up something very dark according to these psychics and mediums the practice of dark arts is why the house is being punished quote-unquote by the entities that haunted the home after afterwards okay um harry price thinks that all of this is totally bs well, because he thinks all <laughs> supernatural yeah. is pretty big. Pretty much, he thinks it's all BS. Although he has reported to hear the same noises back in the 1840s that were so loud that the neighbors decided to go next door to make sure that no one had broken in, but they found nothing. So he's like, yeah, that stuff's all crazy. And no, that's not really, that's not it, you guys. Like, this is all bullshit. But I have heard what you're saying, and there hasn't been anyone in there. Like, okay. But he doesn't believe that it's something. But he doesn't believe that it's something. But he'll agree with you that he's heard the noises. Riddle me that one. <laughs> During the 1930s, the Mags brothers bought the house and opened it up for an antique dealership. Since then, there has not been any reports of anything sinister going on within the house. Nobody is permitted to use the top floor of the property for any reason. Reports suggest that a notice has been posted to remind staff not to venture further upstairs. So it seems quiet now, but I feel like that's just because no one goes upstairs. They're just kind of leaving it alone and acting like they just, like... If, I mean, if we for pretend good you're not there, you're not there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I. what do you think? Do you think it's a spirit? Do you think it's something that's opened up from the dark arts? Do you think that it's an octopus that comes up from the sewer and dismembers say, people? The octopus is definitely my favorite theory. Um, <laughs> however, it would have to be quite some octopus for them to be like, frozen and fear and dismembered and i'm saying i'm saying but at the same time it's like if it is something dark because someone practiced dark arts like i get that and i get how it could be different because if it's something that's is been it opened a up, demonic octopus i mean i've seen that i've seen like electric octopus I mean, it like a lot of we it. Just talk kind about of how seems... weird the word octopus is. It's a very weird word. Sorry, it's just we've said it so many times in the past couple <laughs> minutes. It's just a very strange word. <laughs> it is a but very strange word. They are known to be able to get in and out of places without being seen, and they can like fit into places that you would never even think that they could fit into. And they're quick. Yes, they move really quick. If you've never seen an octopus move outside of water, it's kind of creepy. It's very creepy, and we'll put it on our Patreon. I'll, but again, I'll find, but it would have it's... to be like a demonic octopus for them to be like frozen in fear. You know what it is? 
It's just like that new movie out. Instead of a cocaine bear, it's just a cocaine octopus. It's so okay. it's just got like superhuman strength and it can just tear people apart. Um, that was kind of creepy. It's just the light fixture in here. <laughs> that was creepy timing. Why I didn't pick this room as my bedroom. <laughs> as soon it as doesn't, I said, when you flick the light on, it does the same thing. When I, I think said, the bulbs are about to go out. It, honestly, the probably when I uh when I said cocaine octopus, her light started flashing. It's like the universe is going, yes, that's it. <laughs> you figured it out. Yep. As far as I know, my house doesn't have any demonic cocaine octopi. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, it seems more likely that it's just something demonic that is up in the attic. Like there might be a portal or something that opened up there or something that doesn't like people being up there because it was brought into the house by someone who practiced. Yeah. But I mean, finding somebody, someone dismembered, like that's but what that throws is me. Really concerning, especially when like all he did was run to get a police officer. I mean, I don't know how far how far he had to go to get I mean, this is a this, pretty well known square within West London. And I get it, it's in the eighteen hundreds. But I feel like in a square where those many predominant people stayed and lived, that the security around there is probably pretty decent. I mean, granted, he was also drunk, so who knows how long it took him to actually run that far being inebriated. I mean, but this is also the same, you know, place where Jack the Ripper was killing and mutilating women right there in the middle of the road and they never saw him so yes so i mean is it possible that someone just took advantage of the fact that he was alone and scared to do it yes is it possible that it was something dark and evil yes probably is it a cocaine octopus that is sliding through the sewers of london i mean anything's possible at this point Anything's possible if you just believe. Sorry. <laughs> I had to. So with that, that is my story for this week. Well, that was um, that was weird. Yes, it is a very weird one. Now I'm going to think about octopus, octopi, slithering in and out of sewers. Yep, welcome to your new nightmare for tonight. Oh, that should be fun. <laughs> well, you know what else is fun? Following us on our social medias, which is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And we post content on all of our social media, which is our Instagram at truly creepy, our Twitter at truly underscore creepy, our Facebook, truly creepy podcast with Brittany and Sarah. We also have our Patreon where you get exclusives and behind the scenes and a ton of fun stuff that is going to be in the works here soon we already have some fun stuff that you guys can have seen if you want to see what we're talking about head on over to patreon search truly creepy podcast of Brittany and sarah become a patron we have a couple different tiers that allow you to have a bunch of different extras and we appreciate all of our patrons and Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being patrons and supporting us. And we are very grateful for all of you. Keep it truly creepy. Bye.